What's next for the four losing teams in the divisional playoffs? The Bills, Packers, Texans, Buccaneers. It's time to break that down from a fantasy football perspective for the 2024 offseason. Only on another edition of Locked On Fantasy Football. You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. We're starting another week here on the show. As usual, I'm one of your co-hosts, Vinny Ironman. I'm not doing this. I'm writing about NFL fantasy and betting for SportingNews.com. Hey, hey, I'm Michelle Majuk, researcher at NFL Network and fantasy analyst for NFL.com. Together, we are fan- Locked On Fantasy Football, your destination to become the smartest fantasy football player in your league. Whether you're playing DFS, season-long, year-round, we've got you covered here. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, your fantasy football team every day as well. This episode of Locked On Fantasy Football is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL to post your job for free, terms and conditions do apply. Well, Michelle, we're going to focus on the teams that did not advance. So congratulations. Uh, We had the 49ers get there as well as the Ravens, the two top seeds took care of business, but then the Lions uh, held off the Buccaneers and the Chiefs in a mild upset, the one upset a week, go to Buffalo, get an advantage of a late missed field goal attempt by Tyler Bass and move on. So that leaves the Bills Packers, Texans, and Buccaneers thinking about next season. And it's never too early to think about next season, especially for fantasy football. So we're going to break down those four teams for you. So let's start with the Bills. And that's the biggest team that isn't playing in this conference championship round. Let's start with Josh Allen, Michelle. He was the QB1 any way you look at it in 2023 in fantasy football per game, overall scoring, because he played every game. So when you Think about that. I mean, Josh Allen, it was a rough year in some cases with the interceptions and his receiving core kind of was up and down. But in the end, he got it done with rushing touchdowns, much like Jalen Hurts. Are you feeling it again that he can finish his QB1 in 2024? Yeah, as long as he's in the league, uh, he's going to be my quarterback one in fantasy. He's too good all the way around. And you know those rushing yards and those rushing touchdowns are going to be there. That's their first go-to when they get around the goal line. They don't even worry about a running back. They're just like, we have this monster of a man at quarterback. And it comes differently than just like the tush push, right, for Jalen Hurts and the Eagles. Uh, Josh Allen can score from 10 yards out pretty easily as well. Like they always are using him, but I I feel bad that the bills lost. I feel like Josh Allen did everything he possibly could in that game. He was making really good throws running all over the place. His weapons is really what that, that really showed the lack of weapons in this game. Stefan Diggs, maybe he's getting too old. I don't know, but He didn't come through in big moments. And then without Gabe Davis out there, even though he's been inconsistent, but they really, he didn't have anyone that you felt good about him going to in that game. And I think that was the difference between them winning and losing. So hopefully we see the Bills add some more playmakers this offseason. Yeah, with Josh Allen, it's tough to rein him in, right? He has such a big arm and he wants to show it off. And I think he got a little frustrated in that Chiefs game that they were 
taken away from him. He kept taking the shots, even at the end when he had two guys open in the last two plays to get a first down, right? They didn't need a big play to get a first down, but he, he tends to be that way because he wants to show off his arm and maybe the Bills were just saying, okay, we need to get this ball in the end zone as quickly as we can and then just try to win this game and stop disaster from happening. And it did happen, right? They were stopped and the field goal was shanked wide right and that was it. So Josh Allen, I think, can make those little plays better. I think definitely Joe Brady is someone we want to keep with Josh Allen because he got the best out of him, right? I mean, there was all this talk about Josh Allen running less to protect himself and all that, but they kind of threw that out the window when they said, do we need Josh Allen and his legs in this offense with our wide receivers really struggling? And uh, that's what we got. And I think that is not going to be a game plan they shy away from going forward, assuming Brady is retained as the offense coordinator, which he, he's done everything to prove that he should be. Now let's uh, look at those wide receivers, Michelle, because there are some issues here. Stamfon Diggs is 30. He finished actually really well. If you look at it, wide receiver 15 in points per game, wide receiver 10 overall in half-point PPR there. So that's a little deceptive, right? A lot of his scoring was front end of the season, really loaded up, and then he kind of just faded where he was not usable. He was not even a wide receiver three for much of the second half of the season when they made this adjustment in week 11 and switching the offense from Ken Dorsey. So that's something to be concerned about. The chemistry seemed to fall. He's going to be 31 next year. He's already slowed down a little bit. And then you have Gabe Davis. He's a free agent. Now, where do they go? Do you think they really need to prioritize wide receiver in the draft? I mean, the one thing I will say, if you look at the Bills' salary cap number and their free agents, they do not have money to go out there and get a Mike Evans, unfortunately. So this is what they've got here now. Are you kind of interested in them taking a wide receiver to be a big fantasy asset? Yeah, and it doesn't even have to be in the first round. I think they need to yeah. take multiple hits at it like the Packers have done and you know, try to get lucky on a second, a third rounder, but then also take them late as well and just see what you can hit on. Stefan Diggs, I mean, he completely fell apart, like you said. Averaged nearly 18 points per game and half PR from weeks one through nine. He was a wide receiver four during that span and then went down to 7.3 points per game the rest of the season, including playoffs. Like That is not even a viable option for you to start let alone like really count on so he was really really terrible Gabe Davis I'm completely out on they cannot go into next year with Gabe Davis as their second option again like they just can't they have to do better by Josh Allen I will say like Khalil Shakir I thought he was pretty impressive in this divisional round game I don't know if he's ever going to get consistent enough targets to be a good fantasy option but definitely someone to keep our eye on this offseason but it's also really interesting to look at Dalton Kincaid so he doesn't finish too well uh, in yeah. fantasy points 10 and 15 and points per game but it's because he started the year really slow right with yeah. Dawson Knox and then he had that down period I will say from week seven through the division round it was Kincaid who led the Bills in receiving yards and actually Shaquille uh, Khalil Shakir was second on the Bills in receiving yards Stephon Diggs was third uh mm-hmm. they all had pretty close uh together here but it, it was Kincaid that Josh Allen was looking for most often here and connecting with towards the second half of the season. So I, I think I'm going to be pretty high in Kincaid next year, uh, depending on what his cost is. But Stefan Diggs, I, I, I think I'm completely out on. Um, I think he's just getting too old and they have to bring in other options here where he's not going to get as many targets. And Gabe Davis, I'm 1,000% out on. 
Yeah, I think they need a new number one. I, in the mock draft I just did uh, for Sporting News, we're looking at Ryan Thomas Jr. out of LSU. He could be good for them. Florida State's Keon Coleman. There's some other guys that they could look at in other rounds as well. So you're right, Michelle. They could address this multiple times. It's a very deep wide receiver class in this draft. But I think they need a guy with some size that can be a true number one, stretch the field a little bit like Davis, but also be that route runner who can dominate. If that player's in with Josh Allen, I'm going to go for it now. Khalil Shakir, I'm going to buy or beware on him, right? He's a lot like the iterations that we've seen before as that slot guy that's reliable, right? Cole Beasley, Isaiah McKenzie. He's kind of hybrid of those guys. Like in a key situation, he'll come through for you, right? In the slot with a touchdown or make a great catch. But he's not a consistent guy. He's a smaller type receiver, and he's meant to be in the slot. Now, if he's a complimentary guy and say they move on from Davis and Diggs slows down, then you make this pass game all about Kincaid, and Shakir is the key complementary weapon to that guy, then you're feeling good, right? Then you have three top weapons that are all in the mix for targets here. So something to watch for sure with uh, Josh Allen and see how they go forward. But yeah, I think they're going to see some changes in the passing game. I definitely feel a lot better as I look at Kincaid as a sleeper than Shakir would be. Now, James Cook. Now, he wasn't as studly as some people might have imagined here. He finished with RB11 overall because he was healthy for all the season, but in average scoring in half-point PPR, only RB21, partly because Josh Allen pilfers all the touchdowns or someone else takes it, and he didn't get as much receiving love as we thought either. Now, James Cook, look, he was key to the turnaround. They fed him the ball a lot more with Brady down the stretch. How high do you want to draft him? Do you trust him as an RB1, or is he more like a mid-range RB2 and – that's assuming they don't draft a little bit of a complimentary competition for him. Yeah, I'm definitely not going to trust him as an RB1. Like you, yeah. Josh Allen just takes all the touchdowns, and yeah. it, I don't see that really changing. So his ceiling for touchdowns is just so low. And then also, it's really those two big games for him to even bring him up to RB21 in yeah. uh, points per game at week 14 and 15 were two big, huge games for him. The rest were pretty mediocre, and it's, his usage is all over the place, and touchdowns aren't there. So I'm probably going to be off Cook next year. Yeah, I'm signing off right there with you. There's no way I want to make him a target, right? If he falls in a good spot, yeah, I'm going to go after him. But I'm not going to target him in the top 12 or even the top 15, right? I want to see what the Bills do in the offseason. But I don't have a lot of confidence in James Cook being that feature guy that we can trust, right, and leap back. That's definitely not going to happen. Now, we will look at the Packers. They were the other notable big-name offense that uh, kind of – Collapse a little bit. We thought they have a shot to beat the 49ers. They couldn't finish the Cowboys 49ers double. So we'll look at them. Then we'll explore the Texans and Buccaneers. Also good efforts by them, but couldn't quite win. So we'll get into all those teams. First, we got to hear a little bit more from our title sponsor here, LinkedIn Jobs. All right. LinkedIn Jobs is going to get you ready for the new year. It is the start of the new year. So every small business owner is asking themselves the same question. What's the one move I can make that's going to take my business to the next level in 2024? You want to resolve to get better help here on your small team and small business. LinkedIn Jobs knows that your success all depends on the team you surround yourself with. That's why LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn. With LinkedIn, you won't just get another job board. They have a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. Hiring is easy when you have that many qualified and quality candidates available. So easy that, in fact, 
that 86% of small businesses get a qualified can- with the candidate within 24 hours. That's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn also knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats these days and might not have the time or resources to hire effectively. Well, thankfully with LinkedIn, the process is intuitive, quick, and easy. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash LockedOnFL. It's linkedin.com slash LockedOnFL. Post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. All right, Michelle, let us continue the show. As promised, we're going to look at the Green Bay Packers next. They get their own segment to push the 49ers to limit until Brock Purdy comes with a game-winning touchdown drive with Christian McCaffrey capping it off here. Jordan Love played well and outplayed Purdy for a lot of the game until a couple of interceptions late and uh, doomed the Packers there. So let's look at him, though. He finishes his QB5, however you look at it, average and uh, total points there. How are you feeling about it? I mean, there's not much more to go, right? Upward with Jordan Love. I mean, he's got to push toward Josh Allen territory. How are you feeling, though? Is he going to have a drop-off? Is he be, is he going to be about the same? Can he compete for one of those top spots with uh, Jalen Hurts or Josh Allen? Well, he can't compete with them because he doesn't have the rushing upside. Yeah. So it's just gonna, he's going to have to throw 40-plus passing touchdowns in order to put up a a type of season that they do with their rushing yards so he's definitely going to be a a a large tier behind them the fun thing though about Jordan Love is I don't think he's going to be drafted all that high like he he will be drafted in the middle rounds like he's not going to fall obviously as late as he did this year but like guys like CJ Stroud I think that name just hits harder right and for some reason he seems more exciting but I I'm imagining right now I'm going to have them projected for very similar points next year and I think I can get love a couple rounds later than I'll be able to get Stroud next year so I'm interested to see where their costs land as we get further into the offseason but Jordan Love should only uh, there's no reason for him to really maybe he doesn't get worse right (laughs) or maybe he doesn't get better but there's no reason for him to get worse is what I mean, because of all the young weapons he was throwing to, they're going to have more experience. This should only get easier as Jordan Love gets more experience in the NFL as well. It's just going to come down to I mean, his touchdowns. He had a lot of them this year, right? Is he going to be able to be as efficient next year? Maybe not, but I still, I loved what I saw from him towards the end of the season. Yeah. If you carry over a second half of the season, you're feeling it with Jordan Love. I mean, he was a total dominant force there once he got going. And I think everyone knew, not only the Green Bay coaching staff, but like the Packers beat reporters, they knew it was going to be a bit up and down, right? What happened was it wasn't from game to game. It ended up being half to half. Like he started well. He had those uh, big touchdown games early, right? And then it kind of quieted a little bit, right, after those uh, Lions and uh, Falcons games and Bears. And he did well in those games. But then it kind of went a little bit dormant. And then he revved up again for the second half. He was absolutely rolling there. He finished second in touchdown passes to only Dak Prescott. He scored a few times on the ground. So, look, he's not going to have the rushing upside as those guys. But you like to see the fact that he can call his own number and score. So, yeah, I think he can level off here. But you're right. I still think he's a good value here. Much like Aaron Rodgers, too. Like when he was putting MVP numbers, we were still wary and uh, not – banging the table to take him high. So very similar in that respect. And again, the touchdowns may level off a little bit, but I think he could do a little bit more with his legs and his arm in terms of the passing yardage. Now, Aaron Jones was very frustrating in the regular season for fantasy 
football managers. He was hurt and they dragged him along. We didn't know if he was going to play. They didn't even shut him down, right? He wasn't on IR. It's like, oh, is he going to play this week? Oh, I need him back. He started off well against the Bears and then disappeared. He got hurt. He never seemed right. And all of a sudden, Michelle, everyone was looking at him at the playoffs and where was this Aaron Jones all season long? This is the Aaron Jones we know, an explosive runner. I mean, two very hard defenses, the Cowboys and 49ers. This guy is weaving through traffic, scoring, I, I don't know what to think about him. But one thing is he looked fully healthy and explosive, so there's that. He finishes RB2, 32 overall, 27. So out of the RB2 range, but A.J. Dillon is a free agent. I don't think they're going to bring it back. Jones is here. I mean, I think he could have a nice rebound season if they don't do anything at running back because, look, this offense is a lot of upside. Yeah, they probably will have to do something at running back. It seems like yeah. Aaron Jones, there's no reason for him not to be with the Packers next year. His contract pretty much says like he's going to be there. It's a lot of dead money. Uh, and he did look really good. It's just all he he's had such a hard time staying healthy. So I'm not going to get crazy and think he's going to have this great year, but maybe he turns into a good value if he keeps dropping. AJ Dillon being gone, that's just a good thing for the team overall. Like <laughs> move yes. on from AJ Dillon. But the the three wide receivers, this is where it gets interesting, right? And and then also the young tight ends but you have Jaden Reed who finishes the wide receiver 23 overall 22 in points per game Romeo Dubs wide receiver 32 wide receiver 45 in points per game and then Christian Watson I mean dude just never yes. played wide receiver 40 in points per game uh how I would rank them next year it's Jaden Reed massive gap and then I don't really I I don't even actually want the other two so Jaden Reed is exciting right and I know he fell off in the playoffs but he also was dealing with that chest injury he suffered in week 18 so or it may have been week 17 I, I'm not too worried about him falling off in the playoffs Romeo Dobbs he he was so much receiving touchdown or bust this year yeah. he had two games all season long that he scored more than five fantasy points in a game without a touchdown and yeah. one of those was 9.2 points so he he did absolutely nothing without the touchdowns I don't want to have to rely on that especially if they add other playmakers uh and then Christian Watson can't stay healthy to save his life so I'm not I'm not dealing with that stress on my roster yeah and that ridiculous touchdown rate he had with Aaron Rodgers was not sustainable and we saw that this year, right? That was not going to happen again with a new quarterback. And you can definitely see the chemistry that developed between Jordan Love and Jane Reed. I mean, that is something that's going to continue. He, he's a little bit of a Randall Cobb in him in terms of the way he can work the slot, but he also has the number one potential, right, with the way he can make big plays, a little bit of Debo Samuel and that hybrid nature as well. So Jane Reed clearly is the number one choice here. And, yeah, I'm with you on Dubs and Watson. I'm out because – it's also Bo Melton is looking good. Dontavian Wicks is looking good. Like yeah. they could go out and get another receiver. So I don't know, like it could easily be Wicks, right? Being the number two receiver or Melton kind of has a great training camp and he's the guy. I don't know. These guys all are kind of equal where Jaden Reed was the standout guy. These other guys were like, who's on the field? Who's being effective on the outside? Who does Jordan Love trust in this particular game? And it was tough. Even Jaden Reed had a quiet game right against the Cowboys. So Look, it's all over the place. They spread it around. That's what they're going to do. I think Jordan Love will establish and find his guys here. But I think Jaden Reed is going to be that guy. And again, Dobbs and Watson business. Oh, you can't do it. And part of the reason why is you also have a tight end or two cutting into the mix. Now, Luke Musgrave was pretty good. We liked him a lot for much of the season. They had that scary injury. He was a big play threat, right? He could stretch the field. That's what he does down the scene. But Tucker Kraft came in. He was more that tight end we look at in short area and can score touchdowns, right? 
So where do you go? I mean, this kind of reminds me of the issue we had a few years ago. Jay Sternberger looked like the great guy with his athleticism, but here comes Robert Tunyon, just this guy who kind of is a little bit plotter, but he scored touchdowns, right? And he became a fantasy asset. So where are you going, going to 2024 and forward with Musgrave versus Kraft? Yeah, unfortunately, I think they just hurt each other. Um, They're both very talented. And if it was just one of them, I would be very happy to take a chance on them. But they both started 10 games this year. They averaged the same amount of fantasy points per game, same amount of receiving yards per game, 34, same amount of receptions per game, three in those starts. And I just think with them together, if they're healthy the whole time, they're just going to destroy each other. Yeah, this unfortunately could be like Dalton Kincaid and Dawson Knox for a while in this situation. And and we talk about the receivers, right? If the receivers are already pretty deep and then you work to the tight ends and you split them up, like it's not good. But we know when you add it all up, that's why everything is good for Jordan Love because you look at all these young weapons, they're only going to build with their experience here. So a lot of uh, good stuff to look at there. And Michelle, we will close the show looking at the Texans and Buccaneers offseasons. Yeah, absolutely. But first, let's hear from another one of our sponsors. The NFL season is wrapping up, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. The app is very easy to use, and there's so many different ways to bet. Like you can find bets in the new Explore tab, which makes it super, super easy. Or you can make a parlay in the Parlay Hub, which uh, the best way to find popular parlays on that app. And you can even make in-game wagers and live game same game parlays. All you have to do to get started is visit FanDuel.com and use promo code LOCKEDON to get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. Visit FanDuel.com slash LOCKEDON and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. This Texans game hurt me, right? They they mm-hmm. stayed in it with the Ravens for a little bit, and then the Ravens definitely pulled away towards the end. But we figured it would be too much for this Texans offense to go against this Ravens' top defense on the road. C.J. Stroud, you know, he had a fantastic season. What are you expecting from him come 2024? He was the quarterback 11 in uh, fantasy points this year, quarterback 10 in points per game. What do you think his ceiling is next year? Yeah, part of why he dropped a QB 11, he had the injuries, right? And they had to work in other quarterbacks for a couple weeks there. So that uh, kind of hurt his uh, game. And then he had to get back in the flow of things, right? And then in the middle of all that, he lost Tank Dell. And he had to kind of uh, figure out how to recalibrate his wide receivers. Nico Collins missed time. So... It was it was not the consistency we were hoping for in the second half to keep up Nico or to keep up CJ Stroud's big rookie season. But I look at it now, he has some room to grow, right? Jordan Love is near the top. CJ Stroud has a few notches to go up here. But again, we know it's also going to get more competitive because Joe Burrow is going to be back in the mix next year. So I guess it's redefining what you think is a QB one, right? Is it the top twelve finish? Is it having the shot at 20 fantasy points per game, something like that with your four point passing touchdown. So that's kind of what you have to consider, right? Is that the type of player? And sometimes you look at, is this a 4,000 passing yard, 30 touchdown type guy? And I think you say, yes, 
definitely. I mean, if uh, Brock Purdy can do it and be a high fantasy asset, and that's where I look at CJ Stroud, right? That's what you can do in this 49ers offense if all the weapons line up. So, look, they're not quite as loaded. Nico Collins, Tank Dell, and Dalton Schultz are not necessarily Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, and George Kittle, but maybe the difference is get a running back, right? And that's a good transition there with uh, Devin Singletary. Like, he's a free agent, so maybe you need a more dynamic dual threat running back there that can do things. Singletary, not a great pass catcher. So some things to look at, but really the biggest question here for me, Michelle, Nico Collins, he finishes as wide receiver eight and half-point PPR points per game. Tank Dell, wide receiver 13 before he got hurt. Which guy are you drafting first? And who Well, do luckily, you I better? think – I think you don't have to pick, right? Because Nico Collins is going to go well ahead of Tank Dell, I believe. And I probably at that cost, wherever Nico Collins goes with how, I mean, he was great this year. He looked like a true wide receiver one, especially with Tank Dell not on the field. He really stepped up and and was, you know, inconsistent, but still had a lot of big games in there. But Tank Dell, I I don't imagine going too early in drafts. I think you're going to get a nice value on him. And he would be my preferred guy when you're comparing the two prices. If they were the same cost, I probably would stick with the safety net of Nico Collins. But both these guys have such huge ceilings from week to week. And that's what gives CJ Stroud such a nice ceiling from week to week as well. I will say, I, I want Bobby Slowick still there. If he stays put, their offensive coordinator, I'll feel good about this offense next year. If he leaves, I'm going to be worried about taking any of these guys too early because it could really fall off. And all those big, huge chunk plays that we've been enjoying so much for fantasy, those might not be as easy to come by under a new offensive coordinator. So we'll see. But you're dead right about Devin Singletary. They got, they have to find someone better than him at running back. Uh, I, and hopefully they will. Um bring someone in either in free agency or draft someone. But I, I don't imagine it'll be Devin Singletary being the lead back here again next year. Yeah. They need one of those Brees Hall, Devin Achan, Keaton Mitchell types, right? And they need one of those speedy guys to add to what Collins can do stretching the field and tank down. Now, if I had to pick between Collins and Dell, no matter what happens, I'm going to track, of course, Dell's injury recovery. I'm going after tank Dell. I just think he's the more explosive player when healthy and he has multiple uses, right? I mean, it's a little loosely based to Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel. Now, Brandon Ayuk was the better fantasy asset than Debo Samuel. And that kind of happened here with Collins over Dell, but Dell got hurt. So if they use Dell in different ways, right? If they use him in the running game, right? If they have to move on from Singletary, they might use him a little bit in that role. But again, you're right. If Slowick leaves and they don't have that 49er style of offense, then we're going to have to re consider everything here so a lot of things to think about with the texans changes yet to come here with uh, cj stroud build on it for year two and we'll see what happens for sure but yeah right now it's in a good place but let's hope uh if it's slowick or not slowick that they find a way to keep this offense uh, kind of buzzing with some upside now now we got to switch to the buccaneers the other losing team from the divisional playoffs now baker mayfield is uh look maybe a little inflated in fantasy. He did play every game, so that helped him to QB 10. But really, his average was like QB 20. So, because he was so up and down, right? He would have a big game, then have a bad game, big game, bad game. And you didn't know when either was coming at any point, depending on the matchup. So, I think that's Baker in a nutshell. I think that's what you're going to get. It's a bit of a roller coaster ride, not just from game to game, but series to series with Baker. So, I don't know. Like, I think I'm probably out on Baker in 2024. Like, we saw what happened with Geno Smith, with Dave Canales. I think it could be the same effect here. 
Yeah, I, I would imagine he's going to be like a guy you only take if you're punting the quarterback position or you're going super risky with your first pick. So you want, you know, a, a veteran that's maybe a bit safer. I do think he still is with the Bucks next year. I think he'll resign there. The Buccaneers really don't have very many other options to, to figure out this quarterback position. And Baker brought them to the playoffs, got a win. Like, I, I liked what I saw out of him, especially at the end here. He really came on. But we know Baker. He's all over the place. So I, I wouldn't want to trust him for fantasy, but what about Mike Evans? Because he has a, an amazing year with Baker. We were very worried. Uh, Baker Mayfield would ruin Mike Evans, right? But that's not what happened. Evans was the wide receiver five overall in half point PPR wide receiver eight and points per game. He is going to be older. Obviously you keep getting older, but like 31 years old, I think he'll be uh, next year. Is this a guy that we're just going to keep banking on? I felt like he was a lot more consistent this year than normal as well. Yeah, I think it was the nature of the offense, right? They weren't just trying to take the risk it, their biscuit, whatever offense they had with Bruce Arians. And that was the intention here with Dave Canales, to make it more calculated. Deep shots where Mike Evans was actually open and not just forcing it to him, getting him more engaged, like by running him in the slot when he wanted to. So I think you saw that effect with DK Metcalf last year with Canales uh, having influence in that Seahawks offense. So very similar kind of a deal there and that uh, you saw – Metcalf and Lockett do so well. Godwin, Chris Godwin didn't do as well behind Mike Evans. But when you look at Evans again, I think he's going to have to re-sign there because, again, he's 31. People are going to be a little bit wary. He wants to make a lot of money. The Bucks are the best place to give him that money. He's a great guy off the field with his charity work and all that. So I think he definitely is tied to the Tampa community as much as possible. So Mike okay, Evans like- with uh, Josh Allen, though. I don't think it's going to happen like that can be in our dreams right if it yeah. works with Mike Evans and Johnny Manziel and Mike Evans <laughs> and Baker Mayfield you know him and Josh Allen will be just like a match made in heaven but I there's no way if you look at the salary cap misery that the bills are in unless they cut a bunch of guys and select their roster uh, I don't know if they can afford him but yeah Mike Evans definitely will explore right I mean his agent will probably say look they didn't extend you. You're getting older. You have a big year. You can kind of control this narrative. He's going to shop himself a little bit, but the history says these older wide receivers that go to other teams don't do as well, right? But yeah, Josh Allen, I would <laughs> reconsider if he becomes the number one for a big arm guy with a big body. These guys could actually dominate the league. So Mike Evans, again, very pleasantly surprised with the season. We'll have to see what happens, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, until I see signs of slowing down, I can't go there. I mean, he's a very consistent touchdown score, 1,000-yard season, future Hall of Famer. I still think he has one or two good years left in him. He keeps himself in good shape despite having a lot of injuries in his career as well. Now, lastly, let's look at Rashad White. Look, we were having a love-hate with Rashad White earlier the season. He's an inefficient runner. Finishes RB7 overall, in uh, so RB1 the top 12 there, but uh, RB14, when you look at the average half-point PPR, because he just didn't do much on the ground. This was a terrible running game, so a lot of his production was based on his receptions and his touchdowns, right? So where are you with Rashad White? Do you trust him as an RB1 in 2024, or do you think maybe the Bucks might diversify their backfield and maybe go in a different direction? Yeah, I can't imagine the Buccaneers won't add somebody else. And yeah. this this backfield was the worst in the NFL. They averaged the fewest rushing yards per game. Uh, White had the second most touches in the NFL behind only Christian McCaffrey and still yeah. only finishes RB14 and half point PPR uh, per game. Like 
there's no part of me that's going to want to draft Rashad White high. He also in this division round, he was like the worst uh, pass blocker of all time. And they had to start bringing in Chase yeah. Edmonds. Like, I think they move on from Rashad White, maybe not move on in terms of him not on the team, but with him being the lead guy where they give so much work to, I don't think that happens again next year. Yeah, I think that was definitely by default, right? They just didn't have a lot of options. And it's a lot like the James Cook situation, right? Like, you want to love this guy. At least James is talented. Like, I think James is yeah. super talented. Shad White is just a guy. Uh, and I, like, I, I, if James Cook wasn't on the Bills and where he gets all of his touchdowns stolen from, I would be really high on him. But with Shad White, I don't think it really matters what team he's on. I don't think he's going to get it going on the ground. Yeah, he's an interesting case, right? I mean, he was drafted specifically for the purpose of being kind of a James White type, right, for Tom Brady. And he did that, right? But Leonard Fournette took over that role because of the pass protection, right? So that, yeah, that's the quickest ticket to not getting on the field. Like, if you cannot protect the quarterback, yeah, I think I'm right there with you. They'll get a power back. So Rashad White still might have some value in PPR leagues, but... Uh, this is probably the peak, let's just say. This is probably the peak where James Cook might have a little bit of a juice to go up on the board. So I think their seasons were very similar that we thought, okay, they're both receiving backs, but their scoring came from different places. So very interesting going forward. But, yeah, the Bucks uh, might be a fade team, especially if Dave Canales lose, leaves. So yeah. something to watch out there as well. So there you have it. There's a look at the four losing teams for the additional playoffs. We still have to look at the teams that won in the divisional playoffs. We'll break down those games here late in the week we have the chiefs at the ravens the lions at the 49ers could be a lot of scoring in those games so a lot of good fantasy options for the penultimate round of the playoffs here for this edition of locked on fantasy football this has been video and i'm michelle maju bye y'all